He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else on today's edition of Hall Access. Joining me via the Laser Hotline today is longtime frontman and founding member of the band Cake, John McRae. How's it going, John? Good, good. Uh, not so bad. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking some time for us today. We really appreciate it. For taking time for us. Well, the news, still hot off the presses, is that we're going to be treated to an evening with cake on Saturday, May 11, Lawrence and Amphitheater at Waterworks Park. John, we're all excited to have you and your band back in central Iowa for the first time in a long time, but I'm not sure anyone's more excited than our morning show host, Heather Lee, who's here in the studio with me for this conversation. Well, I'm sorry that... I'm sorry for your sake, Andy. I hope she's not too excited. (laughs) I am way too excited, John. I am so excited. So I hope you don't mind me hanging out with you and Andy today. No, it's my pleasure, Heather. Thank you for... Thank you for tagging along. Oh, I have been known to be hanging outside your tour bus for hours on end, being totally unprofessional and total fangirl, and never getting to meet you in real life. So this is thrilling for me. Well, that's great. I I, I like um, our fans. They tend to be have personalities that I have traits that I can relate to for some reason, and... Uh, um, you, you must be a nice person. Uh-huh. She's one of the best, John, let me just tell you. I get to work with her every day, so she plays it off a little, you know, the fangirl unprofessional thing, but there's nobody more professional in this room, <laughs> at least, than Heather. Yeah, so. I mean, you don't actually have to get a restraining order, is what we're saying. Don't don't okay. worry about it. Well, the fact that you joked about it uh, was a pretty much a tell that you there was nothing terribly wrong with you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's good. <laughs> I don't know about uh, you, Heather, but you know, even the thought of warmer weather and an outdoor show is a really positive image as we gear up for a massive dose of old man winter here in the upper Midwest here. So May 11th uh, doesn't seem like too far in the distant future, but when we're dealing with the elements we're dealing with here in Iowa right now, John, uh, you've got us dreaming about warmer weather in springtime. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm dreaming about it too. It's not incredibly cold here, but I'm up in uh, Portland, Oregon and you know, it's just been raining and, uh, cold for you know without any sun for weeks and weeks. So I'm 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 right with you in in, in a less extreme way. Yeah, Des Moines could be a really great city when it's not winter. Uh, like chances are, when you you'll love the month of May when you're in town because May is pretty awesome here in Iowa. So yeah, yeah, good. Well, I look forward to it. I I always enjoy. Um, I don't enjoy touring this time of year, and and so I don't. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that a nice problem to have, right? Just make this call those shots. Yeah, we used to, um, you know, in the early years, we used to, you know, pile into a van and drive ourselves, like, long distances on, like, black ice um, freeways, and we almost perished a couple times, and I just thought, you know, I don't get paid enough to to do this. (laughs) Well, I could. I think I could speak for all of us when I say I'm glad you guys survived all of that, and uh, you know, are in a place where you can make those kind of calls. Because uh, you know, if you're able to see locales like Des Moines, Iowa, at the peak of of their weather seasons, that's not a bad thing. I mentioned Heather's a massive fan of yours. I became a fan, like many, I'm guessing, with the release of Fashion Nugget back in 1996. But I'm sure it's interesting to you, John, to see generations of fans whose gateway into cake music was you know, other eras of this 
band. They came in all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was actually different for different countries, too. So, like, um, mostly Canada didn't really hear about us until Short Skirt, Long Jacket uh, was on the radio there. But they didn't hear, like, The Distance or Rock and Roll Lifestyle or anything like that. And then, yeah, and then other countries, like, um, I think Brazil didn't really know about us until Never There, which was a song that, that did well there. So it's like, it's sometimes you go there and you think that they're going to know a certain song and they don't even, they've never heard of it before because they just, yeah. Anyway, so it's it's great. And, and the, the way it is with the generations is, um, yeah, that's certainly, um, you feel like you're real if there's if there's super young people and super old people that are both enjoying it. John, you mentioned Rock and Roll Lifestyle, which was re-released at one point and exposed to a whole bunch of new audience. If there was a song in your catalog that you could, say, make viral on TikTok and expose it to a whole bunch of new kids right now, what what would that be? What comes to mind for you? Uh, that is a question that I was not ready for. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's coming I from a real stuff. fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, that's the kind of question that I like. I just wasn't I wasn't um, thinking about it, but I, you know, I have thought about it, um, and I'm trying to remember what you know what I was what I was thinking about. Um, well, maybe turn turn it around. I think you're more qualified to answer that question, Heather. Oh. Than, than I am. You know, you have more objectivity, probably. I don't, though, because I am a person, much like many movies and scripts have to deal with authors writing down words and then some random person's life is dictated by those words. I honestly feel like I'm leading the short skirt, long jacket lifestyle. I relate to that song so heavily. Um, I mean, Love You Madly, I am never married to this day because I don't want to sit across from someone staring at them and want to run away. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like you author my life in a very weird way. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I love it. (laughs) I love it. Well, I mean, it is nice to not feel like you're the only one experiencing certain kinds of uh, uh, misery, you know, but I think that... (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's hard, you know, um, well, there's a lot of, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, yeah, songs that I've written about, like the structures that, that I guess the structures that facilitate, you know, secure, stable society are not necessarily always about our, our individual happiness. And certainly, um, yeah, I've written about that. I think, um, you know, there's a song, there's a sad song that I wrote that's kind of maybe too country sounding for for your station, but like, I like the song Walk On By, which is like, it, there was a Burt Bacharach song by the same name that I think Dionne Warwick uh, made into a hit in the 60s or 70s, but I did a song by the same title, a different song um, called Walk On By, which is a super sad, just pretty much straightforward country song uh, about a breakup and having to walk by somebody's house. Um, uh, but not stop. And I, I like that song, and I that would probably be the answer to that question. You know, it's interesting, Heather. I think you just gave me a great idea for a question I could ask a lot of artists, which is, have you ever heard a song and went, damn, I wish I would have thought of that? Yeah, yeah. 
every every day I, I listen to songs that where I where I'm sort of jealous. Well, I mean, I have that thought with that Pharrell song, Happy. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. there are like eight words in that song, but it made <laughs> so much money. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. But there's also that yeah. whole that's a, there's also that whole like, you know, John was just alluding to, you know, where every day something comes along mm-hmm. and it, it just hits you a certain way. And that's I suppose that's how we become fans of these things and how we connect with them ourselves, even if the lyrics, because I don't like asking, you know, authors like yourself what lyrics are specifically about. I always appreciate when they offer those that sort of info, but I don't like to ask because it might mean something completely different to me. Yeah. And in a way, like there's no objective truth with, with, with music. You, that's why you kind of can spoil it for people by telling them what you meant. Um, I try to refrain from that for the most part because of that. Um, I've certainly been disappointed to hear about a, what a song was really about. And, um, yeah, but I, but yeah, but I think to me, like I, I've been really digging around in old, old country, uh, catalog, uh, and just finding songs like uh, just with really good sort of they've got these kind of these gimmicks to them that, that but within a context of being a really sad song, but like there's just like there's a word gimmick in it that kind of holds it all together. Like there's a song, an old song called uh, George Jones, I think, made it more popular than anybody else called "Multiply the Heartaches," mm-hmm. and it's like um, it's like subtract one love and multiply the heartache. And it's just, like, cool to have math involved. One of the most interesting things about your live show, John, is the fact that for as long as I can remember, Cake doesn't really do set lists like 99% of bands do. How do you guys pull that off? Well, it makes our trumpet player super angry. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because he plays trumpet and keyboard, and he's got to set his stuff up a little bit before he can start playing. Um, But... It's been really good for us, I can say overall, um, to sort of not feel like a, a machine or, or jukebox um, that we can sort of decide in real time. Hey, what after we played just what we just played, what do we feel like playing next? And it sort of pertains to the way the room feels and the way the audience feels, and just getting a sense of like where you really are rather than what you thought you wanted to do hours earlier. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a way to stay alive inside where you can just actually sort of do what you feel like doing. That's probably one answer to the question of what keeps you going and, and doing this still. That's right. That's right. It was always the music. And so you gotta be careful how you, how you do the music because you can kill it, you know? Absolutely. Well, we're excited to see you May 11th. It's a Saturday at Lords and Amphitheater Waterworks Park here in Des Moines, Iowa. We just unveiled the show. A lot of our folks that we're seeing reactions from have been uh, incredibly positive. A lot of folks like myself who haven't seen you guys live in quite some time. Well, we're looking forward to it. So one quick question to you about the the country music roots. I know that uh, you're on a board with Roseanne Cash um, and have you collaborated at all musically? No, not we haven't. But um, but we're friends, and it's really been good getting to know her. She's a sweet person, and and really smart, and uh, just I have a lot of respect for her. So I, yeah, I don't know. Probably too, I have too much respect for her to collaborate with her. Oh, would you ever cover a song maybe that's related to her? Maybe. 
Yeah, I certainly. Yeah, I. I I'll think about it. <laughs> that, well, that that opens up a whole other thing. I kind of want to ask you now, like about the cover songs you've done and how you decide to do the cover songs you've done in your career, and and you know, doing justice to these like timeless songs. You know, like you put got to put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, most of the it's really healthy for a songwriter, especially, but also any anybody that plays an instrument. Really, but but really for a songwriter to to like play a song that some somebody else wrote, you're kind of getting into the brain of of another person and how they think and how they put things together. And so, yeah, so really, it, it's the best thing you can do, I think, for your songwriting uh, is, to, is to play songs that you that you admire by other other writers. And uh, yeah, and like and and most of the songs that we play that are that are by other people are just like. Songs that I, I just remember, we had to drive a long way to the orthodontist when I was like ten years old, and, and uh, you know, and I remember like being in that old car and hearing "I Will Survive" on the radio, and I just didn't know what the hell any of that was about, but I st- it still made me feel like something, you know, and um, but I didn't know what it was at that age, so I, I like I just, but it was a strong kind of. A strong kind of vibe, and it was just strong enough for me to remember it for all this time. And I, you know, so I just thought I should probably play the, you know, that was all. That was really the, the that was the decision making. That it's just like something that hits you a certain way, um, and you can't really put your finger on it. You should probably investigate. Hmm. Do you remember anything else about your orthodontist? Because I don't have positive <laughs> musical car trip <laughs> memories of mine. No. No, it was, it was a it was a nightmare. We had to drive for we lived out in the, out in the country, so we had to drive for hours to get there. It was it was it was a, it was it was hell. And then yeah, anyway, and then they then they make you feel pain uh, for however long. I, I didn't like it. It's an everlasting <laughs> pain, one that never seems to go away, John. I think I, I try to avoid it at all costs. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking of the bits and pieces of putting songs together in these moments, um, do you start with a, a random line or do you start with a chorus? Every cake song that I hear has a line that grabs me and it feels like the whole song may have been built around that. So that's kind of where my curiosity is. For example, in the winter, the line about uh, Christmas lights looking desperate in the room. I mean, those are the types of lines that that grab me and kind of take hold. And I've always been curious if you write your chorus first or if you write a couple lines of a song first. Mm. Usually, I mean, with a song like that... Um it really goes anyway. I think with that song, I wrote. Uh, I think I wrote the the first verse first, and then worked on the second verse and third verse eventually. But yeah, um, and then yeah, I think the, the first verse and chorus I got right away, um, and then the rest of it I had to work for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no matter what you decide to play when you come visit us on May 11th, I know uh, a lot of people are going to be really happy to see Cake again here in Central Iowa. And I know Heather with that huge smile on her face here, <laughs> you could probably hear the smile through the phone, John. I can, and it makes me happy. 
That's thank awesome. You. Thanks well, for indulging me today. Yeah, for sure. Now, thank you for being a part of it. And John, thank you so much for your time, man. We're counting down to May 11th and our opportunity to see cake again here in Des Moines. Thank you both so much. Absolutely. Have a great day, man. Take care. Tickets to see Cake at Lords and Amphitheater at Waterworks Park May 11th go on sale this Friday through Axis, AXS.com. The laser pre-sale begins on Thursday. To find out how to take advantage and buy your tickets early, join our email club, LaserTNA. It's free to join at Laser1033.com.